journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You never see all of the steps on the journey. You got to just take the first one and then you see the second one and the third one. And then our life is like that. And uh, the great one by Goethe, whatever you can do or dream, you can begin it. Boldness has genius, power and magic in it. That's a great one too. just begin. Go for it. Welcome to the Daily Authors Podcast, a daily podcast all about books and the authors who gave them life. Each episode, your host interviews a new brilliant author as they reveal inside information about their incredible books and inspiring lives. Now, here's your host, Aaron Gendel. Hey, Aaron Gendel here. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. It means so, so much to me. And maybe you've been thinking about writing a book of your own. And if so, do not wait. The world is hurting and needs your help. It needs your book. I would love to help you on your journey to write your book. So simply email me at Aaron at dailyauthors.com and I'd love to hear about your book idea. Now enjoy the show. All right. Thank you so much, Donald Lee, for joining me on the Daily Authors Podcast. So excited to talk to you today about your book, The Band Director's Lessons About Life, Volume one to 50 parables on life's performance cycle. Thanks again, Donald, for joining me on the show. Thank you, Aaron. It's my pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, excited to talk to you about your book. But before we do, would you mind just telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and your work and what you've got going on right now? Sure. I've been a band director for almost two decades. And, you know, sometimes in school, things happen that we call teachable moments. And when you realize that, you know, kids actually, Actually, what's going on right now, there's a more important lesson than the F sharp fingering I was trying to teach you or whatever the lesson of the moment was supposed to be. There's an important life lesson that's going to be more meaningful to you. And if you learn it now, actually, that that was surely going to help you. So at some point, I started writing down some of these little experiences and then drawing spiritual lessons out of them. And eventually, it became this book, The Band Director's Lessons About Life. So there's 50 little parables. And each one starts with a situation in school that has some, most of them have some truth to them. Like, like I say, all stories are true. Some of them actually happened. So they start, starts with a story and then there's a reflection section that draws a spiritual lesson out of the events of the story. So there's a parable on forgiveness and a parable on gratitude and on love and on perseverance, et cetera. Fifty little parables. It's a little bit like chicken soup for the soul. So that's what uh, the book that I just published last month. And in fact, I'm just wrapping up a little bit of a tour through Alberta where I live, trying to promote the book and do some book launches and signings and that sort of thing. Awesome. Exciting. Well, congrats again on it. That's that's an amazing accomplishment for sure. Well, maybe we can jump into a parable or two, maybe something that stands out uh, that, you know, you really enjoyed writing or that others have responded to well. Any parable you wouldn't mind sharing with us today? Oh, sure. There, there's lots of them. I'm not going to give away my book, though. The listeners can buy one. <laughs> sure. But the, it, as, as part of my, uh, when I've been doing launches, I've been telling one of the parables. The one I've been, been telling this week is a parable about being yourself. You know, how just kind of figuring out in life who, who we are, who we really are, and yeah. then trying to be that person. And it's, it's especially important uh, lesson during the teenage years when, you know, People, young people are trying to figure out, who, who am I? You know, I often, would often tell my, my students that the first decade of your life, 
you naturally try to pattern yourself after your mother or your father. And the boys typically want to be a little version of their dad and girls want to be a little version of their mom. In fact, I've got a picture from when one of my sons was about four years old and he had this, this little plastic play lawnmower. And there I am cutting the grass and he's right beside me pushing his little play lawnmower. You know, like that's what little kids do. <laughs> and then in the second decade of your life, you realize that you're not just a little mini me. You're not just a little version of your mom or your dad. And you try to figure out who am I? And you try to separate yourself somewhat from the identity of your parents and try to figure out who you are. But that process really goes on our whole life. I've said for decades, you know, here I am at whatever age, now almost 62, and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I've got it figured out now. I'm, I'm a spiritual author and speaker, and that's what I am when, now that I'm grown up. <laughs> awesome. Well, super fun. Thank you for sharing that with us, Donald. I appreciate it. Well, I just wanted to make sure the listeners and the readers could really understand what you were trying to capture in your book. And so if there was, you know, one thing that they could take away from reading it, what would you say that would be? Good question, Aaron. But I would say probably not, not one thing, but one sort of general understanding. And that is that one of the themes that, that flows throughout the whole book is that the human condition, the human being is spirit, mind, and body. We're, We're all three and we should not neglect any of those three, but, First and foremost, we're spirit, right? Our spirit or our soul is eternal. Our our bodies change constantly. They get older and more feeble. And eventually, you know, we dispense with them altogether. But our soul is eternal. And we should keep that foremost in our mind that our fundamental nature is as spirit. And this is just basically what it is to be a human being. And we are an eternal child of God, regardless of what you happen to think about yourself, write write it now, you are indeed sacred and special. And you're here for an important purpose. You need to be here. Every one of you listening, every one of us, we're here for a reason. We want to make the most of ourselves at every moment of our lives. So love much, do good, help others, do what makes your heart sing, and somehow everything in life is going to work out okay. That That's what the understanding of our condition that I would like listeners to take away. Awesome. Well said, Donald. Thank you for sharing it. Well, let's talk a little bit more about you and I'm curious a little to know a little bit more about how you were led on the spiritual path that you're on now and how you, you know, you're now an author and, and helping others and speaking. So if you could talk a little bit more about who or what's influenced you the most to be who you are today. Uh, it's, it's a convoluted path. And after six decades, we don't have time for all of it. But, but I, I think really the most important journey in our life that we're on is, is our spiritual journey. And so mine started at, uh, I guess, in my teenage years, you know, you start to become aware of things that are beyond your immediate family and that sort of thing. And in the world around you, you come of age, as, as we say. And so my spiritual journey began as a teenager and continued through young adulthood. And, you know, I, I've been omnivorous in my, in my reading and in my interests. I'm not sure. I'm kind of fumbling with this question. That's all right. No, that's great. I mean, it's, it just sounds like a lot of the experiences in your life have, have not just one experience has helped you and, and a lot of other experiences have really guided you to be where you are today. I, yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's, that's a good point, Darren, because so, sometimes uh, people will have in their lives 
like a life-changing event. Yeah. Sometimes a life-changing spiritual event where they're just kind of like their eyes are opened or the scales fall off their eyes, whatever. Yeah. It hasn't been that way in my life. And I think that's probably a more common situation for people. It's just a little little bit here, a little bit there. It's kind of a gradual journey. And and in this, really, that's the metaphor that I use throughout my book, where music is a metaphor for our spiritual life. Growing as musicians, little by little, yeah. is the same way that we grow in our spiritual life, little by little practice we get better uh we still we constantly make mistakes ah darn i can't get that, that f sharp major scale why is there so many darn sharps in it you know i just can't, can't get that one or whatever the you know it is we're constantly stumbling and failing and trying again and for most of us that's how our spiritual growth is in life it's just little bit by little bit and we try to make it an ever upward journey not staying on plateaus too long and not dipping into kind of spiritual valleys or dungeons too long <laughs> Yeah. Well said, Donald. Yep. I think you're right. A lot of us just have those experiences and not all of us have that awakening moment. But uh, I think beyond, you know, as we are on that journey, those moments of time and people we are in contact with really help us and maybe books we've read and kind of come together and uh, shape us. So wondered if you might also talk a little bit about a particular failure. And I know I don't like to call it that myself, but I, I use it here just saying that I know failures are sometimes what make, help us learn the most. And, and as long as I think we get up from those things, right? So I wondered if there was anything you might consider that, you know, you might call that in your life and uh, something that you might have learned from that failure. Yeah, that's a good point that you make, Aaron. In fact, I have a little parable on that in my book, you know, that, that we learn much more from failure than from success. Yeah. And I think that... Um, no, I won't get the passage exactly right the way I wrote it, but you know when when we do well, we pat ourselves in the back and, and congratulate ourselves and tell ourselves how great we are, and, and really that's pride. We don't learn from that. But when we mess up really badly, then we we look at, wow, man, like how, how did I mess up so badly? Like what went wrong? What am I doing? You know, that's humility. And we grow out of that. We look at what we're doing, figure out, well, man, that was terrible. That didn't work. I need to change something. And that's how we grow is looking at, at our, you know, at what we've done wrong. But I don't like to dwell on my failures. Everybody's failed. Actually, my wife just texted me this morning, uh, that little passage, famous passage from Theodore Roosevelt, you know, what uh, about the, the man in the arena. It's the man in the arena that's covered with blood and sweat and uh, that's struggling, that's failing, and that continues to pick himself up. You know, it's not the critic that matters in the world. It's, it points out where we went wrong, right? It's the man who struggles and strives and, and knows uh, it's far better than to be one of those timid souls who, knew, who know not victory nor defeat, you know? So ah, we've had all kinds of failures. Uh, the, the key to the, the most successful people are the people who have failed the most. And the key is that you just got to pick yourself up one more time yeah. then you get knocked down, right? So, you know, winning, failing, whatever. I, I failed at everything. I've always been athletic, although I've never been all that good. I sometimes say I'm what you call a good competitor. And a good competitor is somebody who's just good enough to make the other guys look good when they beat you. <laughs> so that, that's, that's been my story. You know, you don't win much, but... You're in there and you learn something from everything. That's at the end of our life. I don't think God's going to ask us, you know, did we win? He might ask us, did you love that? That's what matters in life. Not winning, but did you love? Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Donald. All right. Well, I wondered if 
I'm sure you've uh, read plenty of books in your life and wondered if there was one you might point to that says, hey, if I was to read one book today, you know, that, I'd say that's my favorite book. I'd like to read one. You know, you could read one more book before you die. What would that be? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I've been doing some book signings in bookstores and, and uh, one of the spiritual books I've been meaning to read and never have is The Four Agreements. Yeah. And I was in a bookstore doing a book signing and sometimes pretty quiet. You just wander around, twiddle your thumbs and, you know, try to trip people as they go by. Oh, let me help you up and tell you about my book. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they had that like a three, a boxed set, uh, three volumes by. Um, Don Miguel. Uh, yeah. Miguel uh, Ruiz. And one with the four agreements and two other his books. And it was on sale, you know, kind of after Christmas. So I was like, oh man, that's great. I'm going to, going to buy this book. So just barely starting reading the four agreements. But is there one book that stands out? No, I would have to uh, even have trouble narrowing it down within a specific genre. You know, I mean, I love history. Okay. I love Will Durant. I love spiritual books. And the, I mean, really, the most important spiritual book is the Bible. But there's lots of other great ones. And awesome. no, no Thank favorite you. book. No, that answers my question, though. Thank you. Just wanted to give the listeners a little something to point them in a direction really. So thank you. Great. All right. Well, I love quotes and love asking authors on my show about their favorites. And so I wondered if there was any one or, you know, even if you have a couple that you might want to share with the listeners today, something that inspires you often. Yeah, I, I've got hundreds. I mean, that, that one by, you know, Teddy Roosevelt is, is a great one. In fact, every parable in my book starts out with a quote that is that kind of, in a sense, uh, reflects some of the uh, the theme or the idea, the moral of the parable. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, one, uh, there's lots of great ones. You know, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You never see all of the steps on the journey. You got to just take the first one and then you see the second one and the third one. And then our life is like that. And uh, the great one by Goethe, whatever you can do or dream you can, begin it. Boldness has genius, power, and magic in it. That's a great one, too. Hmm. Just begin. Go for it, right? Love it. Yep. Just do it, as Nike says. <laughs> yep, they summed it up well. As also, well, thank you for sharing those, Donald. Those are great quotes. Appreciate it. Well, let's jump a little bit into the book writing process. I, I like to pick the author's brains a bit about what's really helped them and wondered if you might share a bit more about what's helped you in the book writing process, maybe something that you wish you'd have known before you started writing that you know now after having published the book? <laughs> you know, I, Aaron, I don't think we're supposed to know all the problems we're going to run into. It would discourage us. That's a good thing. Like, I don't yeah. tell my, my band student, I don't tell them all the problems you're going to run into. I say, oh, this is fun. Here, just put your fingers here, blow like this. Hey, yeah, that's great. You made it sound good. Uh -huh. You know, if we knew all the problems ahead of time, we'd just give up before we even started. Yeah. So it's probably just as well that we don't know. You know, I finished the first draft. And I thought, hey, I'm finished the book. No, <laughs> I wasn't at all finished the book. <laughs> in a sense that's that's just the start so yeah i uh, i counted five drafts that i went through so and it's much better if i'd done a sixth draft it probably would be better yet i think most authors i'm told think they stopped one draft short of what they should have done <laughs> yeah that's true so there's it it's a great learning process first time i've written a book and now this year i gotta go out and try to figure out well how do you how do you market a book now? Yeah. So that that's my challenge now. And you know what? I'm, I'm learning, messing some things up and 
failing and some things work and some don't. Yeah. Taking those steps, like you said, those are the, the keys, right? Just keep going. <laughs> Put one foot in front of the other. You know what? It, as you take one step, the next step becomes a little bit clearer. Yeah. And sometimes you need to take a step back, but that, that's okay. One step in front of the other. What's the next thing you need to do as an author? Maybe people who are listening, maybe the next thing they need to do is start. Take yeah. the first step. Sit down and write something. And Lamott has a good, that's a chapter title actually in her book about writing. It's called, you know, shitty first drafts. Get used to it. Like, don't worry about it. Just write stuff down. Go back and you'll do lots of drafts with that. So like, don't panic about it. Just write stuff down and start pouring out your mind or your heart or whatever and take it from there. Awesome. Great advice. Well, I wondered if you might also let the listeners in on what has been the very best part now that you've got your book out there. What's been the best part about being an author, publishing a book and sharing uh, your parables with the world? I think the part that makes my heart sing the most is when people start to either, like I've been telling one of the parables at my book launches. And so either they hear one of the, par the parable or they start reading it. <clears throat> I was staying with a wonderful couple the last two days in Calgary and, and I gave them one of my books and they started reading it. When I came home last night after a, a book signing, the wonderful lady, Evelyn, was, oh, you know, I really like this parable and I really like that. Parable. It was so good. You know, and I just, you know, it, that just makes my heart sing when, when people have actually read what I've written and they're enjoying it. They're getting something out of it. They're getting some insight and some inspiration because it, it's an inspirational book. Yeah, that's more than anything. It's an inspirational book. So that's what just gives me a lot of joy to see that something that I've done and created has meaning and value in somebody else's life. That's a real joy. Awesome. Incredible. Well, I wanted to make sure I didn't miss anything, Don. So if there was absolutely anything else you'd like to share with the listeners today, or if there was a question you would have asked yourself if you were in my shoes, what would that be? I think one question, Aaron, that you didn't ask is who, who would be interested in this book? I, usually authors would specifically try to write for a certain audience or a certain genre, whatever that might be. I messed up on that too. You know, I sat down to write and I, I didn't have a clear idea of who I was writing for, but I think I kind of had the sense of, well, I, I want this to be for everybody. And you know, they always say that, you know, no book is for everyone. Yeah. And I get that. But I think almost anyone who has some sense that we have a spirit or a soul, whatever, however we might conceive that to be, if you have that understanding, I, I think my book's for you. There's something in there, even if you just kind of have an inkling, well, we have this soul, who knows what it is, and I don't go to church, I don't kind of stay away from those, you know, religious type people, whatever, you know, don't tell me your spiel, I'm not interested, you know, but even if you have a little bit, I think you'll get something out of my book. As I mentioned, it is largely inspirational, and of course, it's as I understand and see things, so I probably have lots of things wrong, but I think most people will be able to get something valuable, inspirational, and spiritually insightful from my book and help them grow wherever, wherever you are now, guys. Uh, I think there's something in my book to help you take the next step on your own spiritual path in life. Awesome. Yeah, well, I totally believe that too. I think we all need inspiration daily, and it's a big part of why I love connecting with amazing authors like yourself, Donald. So thank you so much for sharing your book with us today. And just wanted to finish with where the listeners connect with you online and maybe just a little bit more about what you're up to next. You know, I know you mentioned marketing your book, but if there's anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, thank you, Aaron. 
listeners can check out my website. It's easy to remember. Of course, it starts with www. And then it's cominghomespirit.com. And the sort of theme of my website is that we're all on this spiritual journey. We're coming home to God. That, that's our destiny. God is our, our source and our destiny. A little quote right out of my book. And so that cominghomespirit.com, uh, readers can sign up for my weekly blog where I, it's focused on the ironies of life. Right? Looking at life through spiritual eyes and seeing different ironies and trying to draw a little spiritual lesson out of events of everyday life. The last week, it was one on, you know, Marianne Williamson, poor Marianne Williamson, love her to death. A lot. She was roundly criticized and, and most people kind of don't get where she's coming from. And so I had to, just some little thoughts about, you know, why were people so hard on Marianne Williamson? Where did she kind of go wrong? And I think that transition that so many of us have from our personal virtues to, you know, what makes for good public policy in, in a huge institution like the government. And I think we have to look at those somewhat differently. So I try to look at something that's going on more or less currently and draw some spiritual insight out of it that we can all, that everybody can maybe kind of reflect on. And I think I look at things a little bit differently than most people. So I think Fun. a lot of people would would find it at least curious to read through. But yeah, cominghomespirit.com, there's, uh, you can check out my book there. Of course, it's available online. You can get it from Amazon, Barnes & Noble online. It's listed in Ingram, which is the largest book distributor in the world. All of the bookstores deal with Ingram. So your neighborhood bookstore can get it, but I'm a nobody. So they haven't heard of me yet and uh, they won't have it. But I'm trying to get it out there. I've been doing this little book tour. I'm on my way back home to Peace River in northern Alberta now. And I'm going to be focusing on trying to figure out how to, you know, get myself and my book out there online uh, all over the world a little bit in the next couple of months. And hopefully springtime-ish, I'm going to make a trip down sort of to the eastern Canada area and show my face around here in bookstores <laughs> and wherever I can. And, of course, working on volume two. So. Uh, volume one was just published. One of my goals for this year is to write the first draft of volume two. So more parables are on the way. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, John. I really appreciate all that you're doing and sharing your book. And I, I totally messed up your book uh, subtitle earlier. I, I know. I'm sorry about that. It's volume That's one, right. 50, 50 parables on life's performance cycle. So yeah, it re it needs an explanation. Nobody understands it, but there's this performance cycle in band, right? Where where everything kind of is geared to the next concert, and you know what the students have to learn. So there's four stages to the cycle: preparation, practice, performance, and then at least a brief period of reflection and redirection before we start the cycle again. So our spirit, the metaphor in the whole book is that that's how our spiritual life goes too. That we're constantly in this cycle of spiritual growth, reflecting on ah. That wasn't very good. I didn't. Sh I sure didn't show love, and you know what I just did to that guy, or you know, you know, <laughs> the gesture I made to that other driver that that didn't really express my love. <laughs> so I got to work on that a little bit more. We're constantly reflecting, trying to do better, and hopefully improving ourselves throughout our life. So that that's the cycle of spiritual growth in our lives. That's the metaphor in the whole book and the meaning of the subtitle. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right. Well. Thank you again, Donald. I, I encourage the listeners here to pick up his book, The Band Director's Lessons About Life, and really appreciate you getting the word out there and, and just helping other people. That's what it's all about at the end of the day in my book. So I really appreciate it. Right, Don. Thank you so much, Aaron. It's been a awesome. pleasure. Awesome.
Thanks for listening to the Daily Authors Podcast. Be sure to visit dailyauthors.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. 